What's happening team? Welcome to the Type 1 Movement Podcast, where I'm going to be sharing with you my tips, tricks and stories to help you lead the healthiest life possible as a Type 1 diabetic. I'm your host, Type 1 Tom. Just a quick disclaimer, any advice that I give will not overpower your medical professionals, so please consult with them first before making any changes. Yes, team, welcome back to another episode of the Type 1 Movement Podcast. And in this episode, I'm going to be giving you four nutrition hacks that are going to increase your time in target range, yeah? This is going to be a good one. I can guarantee that every single type 1 diabetic will be able to implement these, and I'm going to give you the theory behind why they work. First of all, though, before we do get into it, please leave me a rating and a review on whatever platforms, you know, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, whatever podcast platform you listen to this on, as it really does help me reach more type 1 diabetics and positively impact our community. Don't run any paid advertisements to this podcast. We've now, this is the 229th episode. And I love it when you guys, you know, leave me a rating, leave me a review, let me know that you're getting value from it. I really do appreciate that. Also, whatever device platform you listen to it on, please give it a screenshot, share it on your social media, and give us a tag as well. So, before we get into this, I do just want to say, last week, me and my team run a five-day better blood glucose challenge. And we did this because November is Diabetes Awareness Month, right? November, I'm the time of recording this. It's also Diabetes, World Diabetes Day last Tuesday. So happy belated World Diabetes Day to everyone listening to this. If you listen to this years down the line, sorry, you probably missed it, but happy World Diabetes Day and Diabetes Awareness Month as well. So last week, me and my team run a five-day better blood glucose challenge. It was £17 to join the challenge and we, di- we donated everything that we got to Diabetes UK. And we actually managed to raise £833 for Diabetes UK. We did a challenge last year, a a Christmas challenge. I think we raised about 400 quid. But this year, we fucking smashed it out of the water. So thank you to every single one of you. Join the challenge. I know it was highly valuable. Everyone said that how much they loved it, how much like value that they got from it. We had some amazing results in just like five five days. The group was open for seven days, but we had some amazing results. A real drop in people's averages, increased timing range. So thank you to every single one of you that decided to join the challenge, if you're listening to this or watching this. And that timing range, this brings us on nicely to what I want to speak to you guys about today. Now, first of all, I, I always like to give people a reason why we're doing stuff, because if I give you these four nutrition hacks, to increase your timing range and you don't really get why we're trying to increase your timing range it's a bit fucking pointless right i believe this is something we, we, we like to kind of educate our clients on our timing target range the time that we're spending in the green or in our target range whatever that is for you is one of the most bang for buck things that we can actually implement and improve day by day it can't be HbA1c because that's a three-month average. What you do one day, you might have a really good day. You might have a shit few days. It's not really going to impact your A1c. Possibly not going to impact your average blood sugar as well. But timing target range, we can set like little goals and stuff like that each day and keep focusing on that. So this is why we speak a lot about spending more time in our target range because there's things that we can do to increase that number. And if we're increasing the percentage that we're spending in, in range, 
then obviously it's going to lower your average blood, blood sugar levels, which is ultimately going to lower your HbA1c, which means we put ourselves in the best position possible, which means we stay away from or lessen the chance of any long-term health complications like retinopathy, machiopathy, nerve damage, um, kidney disease, all that sort of stuff that we're trying to st stray away from. So it's not just the numbers that we're wanting, it's the reasoning behind these numbers as well. And this is why... It's only going to be a positive if we can spend more time in our target range, which means we're not getting big fuck-off spikes, not going really high, or we're not dropping low. So I'm going to share four hacks with you. They're not really fucking hacks, they're just four things. It's just clickbait, and it all four hacks that are going to increase my time in range. The way that the fucking social platforms work, mate. We're a pain in the ass, but we've got to do it. It's creators. So I'm going to give you four things. First of all, I am going to start with this. Obviously, I've not put this as one of the four things, because it's a bit pointless, but... If you want the most bang for your buck, you want the most sort of results for your energy to increase your time in range, obviously testing your basal rate and your carb ratios are going to give you that. They're going to be the two biggest things that are going to give you the best results when increasing your time in range. So if you've not done that already, make sure that you do do that. But here are four other smaller things that are really going to help you increase your time in range. Yeah? So... The first one, and I'm going to explain the reasons behind these as well, is eating at the lower end of our target range. Let me give you an example. When we eat, it's natural for us to get spike in blood sugar levels. Even in non-diabetics, I've put Libras on several non-diabetics, and they've all got spikes in the levels when they've eaten certain foods, right? So that's natural. Never aim for a flat line. It's unsustainable. It's just a fucking daft goal. So we're going to get a spike, right? I think we can all agree on that. If I was to go and eat a meal and I was at nine moles, right, and I'm going to get a spike, it's only, I think, my high end set to about 10 or something like that. I'd only have to move like two moles up and I'm out of my target range, which is going to decrease the time I'm spending in range. But that's inevitable to happen because I've eaten at nine moles. I'm getting a spike out of range, then even if I do come back in range. But there's quite a long time that I'm going to be spending out of my target range. Whereas if I was to eat, around five moles, I'm probably, I am going to get a spike, depending on what I'm eating, but I'm not going to spike out of range, granted if I know my carb ratio is correct and my basal rate, that's why I mentioned that at the start. But what I've done is I've not changed anything, I've just eaten at the lower end of my range, allowing movement for that spike and for me to come back down, which means I've stayed in range. Yeah, which means I've stayed in range. Now, some people argue with this, they're like, yeah, but I'm fucking hungry, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's your choice then. But if you want to increase your time in range, there's some things that you're going to have to do that you don't really want to do. How would we do this, eat at the lower end of our range? Possibly give a longer pre-bolus time, which means bolus in your insulin, waiting out, keep pricking your finger as well, don't just touch your CGM. Look at the trend arrows. When you're towards the lower end of your range, eat your meal. Yeah. That's how we would do that. This is going to have a huge fucking impact on the time that you're spending in your target range. Yeah, because it accounts for that natural rise that we're going to get. So the first hack is eating at the lower end of your range. The second hack is if you're having a day, <coughs> excuse me, I'm ill at the moment, I'm just getting over it. Well, I'm not. I've been ill for a fucking week and a half. But back to hack number two. If you're having a day where your blood sugar levels are really hard to control, we call this a BDD, a bastard diabetes day. I've just done a post about this and you're really struggling to get your blood sugar levels back into range, what you could do is go low carb, yeah? And the reason for that is this. If our blood sugar levels are high, it means there's too much blood glucose, too much glucose in our blood, right? 
it there seems no logical reason why then we would go and eat carbohydrates knowing that's going to convert to glucose knowing it's going to put more glucose within our blood and there's more glucose coming in when there's there's too much glucose in there anyway so there seems no logical reason unless you're just being one of these yeah but i like carbs i want to eat well again there's some things that are gonna have to fucking give and take but it's worth it in the long term yeah so if you're having a bastard diabetes day your levels are just really you struggling to get them down there's no logical reason why you need to go and eat more carbs and put more glucose into your bloodstream. So, there's more logical reason behind cutting carbs out. For Not forever, unless you like going low carb, but if you're having one of these days, you want to increase your timing range, you're struggling for life here to get your blood sugar levels in range, taking an optional glucose out when you're not putting carbs in seems logical, yeah? It just seems logical. So, that's the second hack. Third hack is eat protein first. Now, I know if you're like me, I eat the shittest part of the meal first, which is normally my veg. I'm not a big fan of it, like my peas and that. But stay with me on this. Point number three. If you're wanting to increase your timing range and slow the absorption of like the glucose down, the conversion, what we can do is we can eat our protein source food. So let's say we've got the shittiest meal, chicken breast, rice, some veg, right? If I was to eat the chicken breast first, and then the rice, and then the veggies, or veggies and rice, what the protein will do is it's going to slow the digestive process of the carbs down into glucose, right? Which means my insulin's got a bigger chance to work. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say on that. It's an option. It's not something I do really like, but it is an option that is there for you. And the fourth tip is, the fourth hack is, if you're going to eat, <coughs> excuse me, if you're going to eat a high fat and a high protein meal that we know will need a split if you're on injections, MDI pens, or an extended bolus if you're on a pump, consider doing this after exercise. And the reason for that is this. After exercise, all of our cells are more open to absorbing nutrients, which means we're going to be more sensitive to insulin, which means if we're being a bit of a greedy bastard and eating a big meal that's high in fat, high in protein, high in carbs, it makes more sense to eat that after exercise when our cells are more open and more accepting of all the nutrients. <coughs> Excuse me. I apologize for the cough. Like I say, I'm ill. So, yes, you can eat these high fat and high protein meals when you've not exercised, but it will make your life easier if you eat in these after exercise because you're more insulin sensitive because your cells are open. Yeah. Those are the four tips. The fifth tip that I'm going to give you, I said there was four, but the fifth hack, if you don't know about it, I touched a little bit on the first point there, is pre-bolusing if you're not already. A lot of type ones kind of know about this, some don't. And this is just giving your insulin a certain amount of time before you're about to eat, which means your insulin has a chance to start working before all the food is being converted into glucose. Just gives it a chance to kind of stop that stop that spike, well, that big spike in that range. I'll give you a little side tip on this as well. And we this is something we teach with clients. How do you know if you need to pre-bolus? So let's say you're in range, you eat a meal, you give your bolus there and then, you spike out of range, but you come back in range after four hours. That means your carb ratio, your bolus is correct, but you need to pre-bolus because the insulin is not working fast enough to catch that spike. That's how you would know if you need to pre-bolus, yeah? So, quick recap before I wrap it up. Four hacks, kind of five with a pre-bolus, but it's not a real one. So, four hacks. 
that are going to help you increase your timing range. Well, I'm eating at the lower end of your range. Yeah. Two, when you're having a bastard diabetes day and your levels just aren't playing ball, consider going low carb to take that glucose out that you couldn't actually choose to put in or not because there's already too much glucose in your blood. doesn't make sense. Three, eating the protein source of your meal first to slow the digestive process down. And four, if you're going to indulge in a high-fat, high-protein meal, consider having it after exercise when your cells are more open and you're more sensitive to insulin. Go and try these. Yeah, guaranteed that they will help you increase your time in target range. Provided first, if no one knows the basal rate or the carb ratio, you may get some joy from this. It's not really worth it though. This comes on to like the fine tuning. So I'd start on basal rate and carb ratio testing first. Then you can start layering these on top. Yeah, to really start tightening up your control. Team, that is it. As I said at the start, if you got value from this episode, please leave me a rating and a review on the podcast app. And thank you very, very much for listening. Catch you in the next episode. Peace.